Welcome to the podcast arm of the redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing his purpose, pronouncing his power, and proclaiming his praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching. Call you into this environment. And we pray, whatever wants to lift itself to compete with the knowledge of Christ in this environment, this morning we subject you under the power of the blood of Jesus. And we declare today that only Jesus shall be exalted. Thank you, Lord, because you will do this for us. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Thank you, choir. God bless you. I want to use this opportunity to appreciate our dear pastor for the opportunity that I was given to share the word of God from my very limited knowledge. And I'm trusting God that this morning, the Lord will speak to every one of us in Jesus' name. I want to start this message by telling us a story. You know I love stories. Joseph said yes. A particular professor was traveling somewhere. He wanted to go for a research. And he needed to take a paddle boat from one end to the other for him to get to his destination. So, he employed the service of a fisherman to paddle him to the other side of the river. And on their way, he started to ask some questions from this fisherman. And the first question he asked the man was, do you know what is called psychology? The fisherman looked at him and he felt like, no, that is beyond my scope. The professor laughed, and he was saying, you are such a very stupid man. All your mates, they know all these things. How old are you, by the way? The fisherman told him his age. The professor laughed again. They traveled for a little while, and he asked him another question. Do you know anatomy? The fisherman said, all these things you are asking me, I don't know. The professor laughed again. And he started to ask this fisherman all the logi, logi, logi questions. At a point, the fisherman was so ashamed. And he kept to himself feeling bad. Until when there was a dead silence in that little canoe. Then they got to a point in that journey, and the storm started. And The fisherman started to do all his best to control the little canoe on the storm. But it was like no solution was coming. And the professor looked at him and said, is this how we are going to die? The fisherman said, but you can see I'm doing my best. But at this point, I'm going to ask you a question. The fisherman said, You have been talking about all the logi, logi things. But I want to also ask you, 
Do you know anything about swimminology? <laughs> and the professor at that point in time knew that that fisherman was meant to just make a fun of him, to pay him back in his coins. If you ask me, I don't know the end of that story. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know the end of that story. But there is something I want to take out of that story. And that thing is this. Generally in life, a lot of people, they assume that they know so much. And they get to a point at which the level of their knowledge gets so much of them, and they see every other person as an idiot. Just like this professor, there are times when in life, the academic attainment of a lot of people have gotten the best of them, and they leave God at the background. As you listen to this message this morning, I want you to be self-reflective, and I want you to ask yourself, the topic of this sermon this morning is, what do you know? What do you know? You see, the life that we live in, this world, is full of a lot of mysteries. And unfortunately, the pride of life would not allow some people to admit that they have what is called knowledge gap. And most unfortunately, the points where they have these knowledge gaps are the very critical points of their lives, which probably are not known unto people that are closest to them. That could be a tragedy. The so-called intelligent people who assume to know so many things, they fail to realize that truly assumption is the lowest level of knowledge. I don't know if you have heard that thing before. A researcher came up and said that assumption is the lowest level of knowledge. Unfortunately, a lot of people live their lives day in, day out, and they assume so many things. More unfortunately, they share what they assumed with convictions, with some other people, and they make other people also to buy into their assumptions. And their matter is just like the blind that is leading the blind. It is very unfortunate. However, God has made provisions for us to gain insight into the supernatural realms to our own advantage. But without some measures of discipline and patience, we remain short from some critical information about ourselves and about the world that revolves around us. For many people, until they unravel those mysteries, which are decoded information that is meant to give them advancement in life, they continue in the dark cycles of life. Very unfortunate. The Bible tells us two things that I'm going to open our eyes to this morning, as the Lord showed it to me when I was praying for this service. The Bible mentions two things that many of us, we just gloss over them and we don't understand the essence of those two concepts. 
it will surprise you. For some of us this morning, it will come to us as a surprise that the Bible mentioned something that is called the deep things. Those deep things that the Bible mentioned, they are in two dimensions. And I'm going to show us this morning. It talks about the deep things of God and also the deep things of Satan. Unless we have an understanding of these deep things, a lot of things will just be like mystery to us. And we keep on assuming, living our days, day in, day out. And we just tell ourselves, we assume, we conclude, that is how it is for everybody. David says something in the book of Psalm number 40. Let us start from there. Psalm number 40. David said something, and I want us to look at verse 1, verse 3, and verse 7 of Psalm 40. David said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry. Verse 3. After I heard my cry, he had put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear. You have not concluded that third verse, please. Many shall see it and fear and shall put their trust in the Lord. Verse 7. He said, Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. I want to do a very quick reorder of those three verses that we read. And I'm starting from verse 7. David said, I come in the book. It is written of me. What is the essence of reading that book? What is the, the essence of opening that book? And that is what we have been discussing since the beginning of this month. Divine insight. When David got that divine insight, he now went back by understanding. He now went back to say something in the first verse. Let's go back to verse 1. He said, I waited patiently. It was in the point or it was at the point or in the process of that waiting that something happened in his life as recorded in the second and the third verse. And at the end of the day, his testimony, he said, God now puts a new song in his mouth because of the divine transformation that took place in his life. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. For the rest of this message, I'll be going back to Psalm number 40. I just made down that a foundation. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. The Bible says, But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yes, the deep things of God. Some of these deep things about God and in the writings of God about the lifetimes of David and what God had planned for his life, those were the things that he discovered, which he was talking about in the seventh verse of Psalm number 40. My dear friends, there are some things that had been written, that had been coded about me, about you. But what diligence are we paying to know those things that God had ordered about our lives? Some people found themselves in Canada, and they are here today. They are just living their lives, day in, day out, day comes, day goes. They don't know 
what is the plan of God for their lives? A lot of people are just living their lives as if they are gambling. It is very unfortunate. Do you know why? The reason is because until you know those things that are coded in the will of God for your life, everything that revolves around you is just like lottery. And that is unfortunate. Apart from knowing the deep things of God, there is another thing or there is another level that people take for granted. And I'm going to talk very quickly about that. A lot of lives are revolving in the cycles, not because God did not have something for them, but because the devil had truncated a part of the, or a part of the plan of God for those lives, and they are not aware. And that is what the Bible calls the deep things of Satan. I want us to look at the book of Revelation chapter 2, verse 24. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 24. The Bible says, But I say unto you, to the rest that are in Thyatira, as many as have not this teaching, who know not the deep things of Satan. And that tells you, there are things that are happening in the dark world that a lot of people are not aware of. I listened to the testimony of someone two weeks ago. He said for 20 years, he was battling a particular stomach ache. They went to the doctors, they went everywhere, they did all the search, they did all the tests, and the doctors everywhere, in Nigeria, in England, in the US, in Germany. The man mentioned all the places that he had gone to for medical tests. All the experts all around the world, they told him there was nothing. Until this man came to Jesus, and he was delivered. These are the deep things of Satan. I'm not saying this to scare anybody. But I'm telling you the reality of what happens in this world. And a lot of people are blind. They are not aware. The deep things of Satan. Many people, in fact, many of us, and I want you to listen to this very well. Many of us have prayed about some things. We make reference to what is written in Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 3. Let us go there together. And I'm going to show you something that a lot of times we just gloss over it. We don't have an understanding of it, and we get cheated. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. The Bible says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee. Most of us, that is where we stop. We go to God, we ask him to do some things for us. And immediately we see the sign that those things are getting hap you know, to happen for us. We just stop there. We don't pay the Diligence, we don't pay the sacrifice of diligence to end that verse. He says, and I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. It is the will of God to show unto us things that are hidden about our lives and about the world around us. Daniel chapter 2 verse 22. Daniel chapter 2, verse 22. The Bible says, He revealeth the deep and the secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. I'm going to share my personal story with you. And what I'm about to tell you is something from which I drew a lesson of life for myself. Some years ago, Myself and my wife, and even my children, we were praying about some things before God. 
In fact, we placed uh, maybe two requests before God some years ago, some, about maybe some five or four years ago. And we started praying, calling God on this matter. Lord, let there be an intervention. Oh, Lord, please answer this prayer. And we started to pray. First year, what we were asking for, there was no answer. And we were expecting a response from somewhere concerning, you know, a proposal that I submitted somewhere. Then we were in Nigeria. The first year, nothing. Second year, nothing. Third year, and we continued to pray. Until at a point in time, after four years, I now sat down. It was in the session of another fasting and prayer. And I sat down. And something told me, if you are praying this way all along, and it's like the answer is not coming, don't you think there is something you're supposed to know? And right there, the light came. After four years, the light came. And when that light came, the Lord gave me an instruction that I should pray. I should ask God to show me the secret behind that matter. And that was how the prayer changed. We went into another fasting and prayer session. And within two weeks, people of God, I had a dream. I'm not the kind of person that dreams, that sees vision. I don't. That is not the way God speaks to me. But at critical points, God may show me some things in dream. God speaks to me more in the word, not in the dream. But when I see these kinds of dreams, I know when God is speaking to me through dreams. So that night, I had a dream. And in that dream, I saw the garden of our house, as in my own house in Nigeria. At the back, we have a very large yard in that house. And in the backyard, my wife loves to do, you know, raising vegetables and fruits, all those stuff. In that dream, what I saw was that the things that we planted inside the garden, they were ripe. And the harvest was supposed to be bountiful. In fact, I saw all the plantains and the banana that we planted there. They were ripe and they were rotting already. And I woke up. And right there, my prayer changed. And the next prayer was, Lord, every good thing that is assigned to me, that is overdue, let them start to manifest. And that was the change of that prayer. Brethren, what we were waiting for, I'm telling you sincerely before God, within that week, the place where we submitted the proposal, they called me that they wanted, in fact, they sent me an email that they wanted to see me. The MD wanted to see me. I went there. And the man said, where have you been since all these days? And right there, I got a lesson of my life. There are so many times when we skip the patience of asking God for the deep things that he wants to reveal to us. And that is the reason why we should change ourselves. This morning, I pray unto God that what we're supposed to know about our lives, that Lord will show us in Jesus' name. Amen. I want us to ask ourselves this question. And the question goes thus. To what extent do you know yourself? The message translation of the Bible, in that Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3 that we read earlier, it says, the second part of it, he says, and I will show you great and mighty things which have been confined and hidden 
which you do not know and which you do not understand and you cannot distinguish. I want you to take note of the word that you cannot distinguish. And that is a place where we need God to show us things clearly. The issue of distinguishing factor there is because the Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 14 to 15, the Bible makes us to realize there that even Satan, he disguises as the angel of light. And that is the reason why sometimes if we are not careful to be patient enough for God to show us the real things, the devil will intercept our vision. And he will be showing us things that are against the real will of God. And that is the essence of the patience in the place of prayer and in the presence of God, as mentioned by David in Psalm number 40, verse 1. So, to what extent do you know your God? We naturally have a tendency to abandon what God says to us and what we know about him when the storms of life arise. All those promises of God that we have been claiming, when it looks like things are not working the way we expect them to work, we start to ask ourselves, is God real? This God that we are even talking about, is he true? And we start to do some changes in our minds. Brethren, that is what happened to John the Baptist. The Bible says concerning John the Baptist in Luke chapter 7 from verse 18 to 23. Luke chapter, 18, Luke chapter 7 from verse 18 to 23. When John the Baptist faced death, he forgot all the exploits that he had done. He forgot everything that he had done to let the people know about the Messiah. He himself, he lost the sight of the Messiah. He had to send his own disciples to go and ask. They went to ask Jesus, are you the real Messiah that we are expecting? I pray that Lord will help us in Jesus' name. But in contrast to what John the Baptist did, I took time to do a diligent study about the life of Apostle Paul since the beginning of this year. And I will share something with us very quickly about what this man did in contrast to what John the Baptist did. Apostle Paul is one of the few people that had the deepest insight of God in the New Testament such that he couldn't even utter some of the things that were shown unto him. The Bible says, I'm using living Bible now. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 2 to 4, Apostle Paul said there, 14 years ago, I was taken up to heaven for a visit. He said, don't ask me whether my body was there or maybe it was just my spirit. I don't know. Only God can answer that. But anyway, I was in paradise and I had things so astounding that they were beyond a man's power to describe or put in words. And anyway, I am not allowed to tell them unto others. That tells you the extent of the revelation that were made available unto this man. His deep insights distinguished him from all the other apostles to the extent that even Apostle Peter said concerning Paul in 2 Peter chapter 3 from verse 15 to 16, Peter said that through the unusual divine wisdom, Paul wrote some things that were difficult to understand by some other people, even among the apostles. And the Bible makes us to understand people like Paul, people like Peter, 
they are also men just like us. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8 and verse 10. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8 and verse 10. There, we see some of the things that Paul said about the insight that he had. Those insights were so strong that at some point in his life, if you read the letters of Paul, he was so convinced and he would be using the words like, I know, we know. Those words that were not just ordinary words. Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 and 10. He said, Yet doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I counted them but dung, that I may win Christ. He forgot every other thing for the knowledge of Christ. Verse 10, he said, And that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. There was something he discovered that made him to sacrifice every other thing. And that was what defined the turnaround in the life of Paul. That turnaround is such that the exploits he did had been ringing in the last 2,000 years. Until now, the whole world is still making reference to his name. After gaining the insight, he said also, in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, which is my favorite verse of the Bible, he said there, he said, and we know that all things work together for good. For him to say he knows, there was something that was the underlining factor for that knowledge. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2b, he also said, For I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him, even unto the last day. He was speaking out of deep convictions. I'm asking you, my dear friends, what is the level of your conviction? In the face of all the trials, in the face of all the storms, what is the level of your conviction? There is a need for continuous insight because though the word of God is quick and powerful, however, what the word of God, a particular verse of the Bible, what it is speaking concerning a situation today may be different tomorrow. And that is the reason why there is a need for a continuous search, looking deeply into that word and trusting God to shed light onto his word by his spirit by himself. A question that we have to ask ourselves again is, how much of yourself do you know? How much of yourself do you know? Our pastor has said it a lot of times here, that we are spiritual beings. But many of us, we just live our lives in a way that is not even different from the unbelievers around us. Instead of us to take advantage of the provisions that we have in the spirit realm, to make some things to come into reality for us, we are just lifting our hands every day and we surrender to situations. Many people have ignorantly compromised the spiritual strength that had been given to them by some gates that they have opened up into their lives. I will mention a few of them. Some people, the gates they opened into their lives to their disadvantage is sexual gates. For some other people, it is the words that they speak upon their own lives. Do you know that by what you see, you, end, you open some gate into your life? 
and so many things. I was telling my children recently, there are some things that you import, you take from your friends, you bring them home. Those things, they are not ordinary. People give you gifts. People give you things. You pick things from your friend. You see a friend that is carrying a bag, and you feel like, oh, sister, so, 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 I love this bag, and she offers it to you. Do you know what supports that bag? What I'm sharing this morning, it may sound strange to some people, but I'm telling you the truth of what is happening in the spirit realm, which if we don't have understanding of these things, these are the reasons why some people are carrying baggages that God had not put on them. I pray that Lord will deliver us. Do you know that there are destinies and lives that are also attached to you? I was reading about Apostle Paul. The Bible says in the book of Acts, the book of Acts chapter 27, I'm reading from verse 18, Acts 27, 18 to 20. The Bible says, next day, out on the high sea again, and badly damaged now by the storm, we dumped the cargo overboard. The third day, the sailor lightened the ship further by throwing off all the tackles and provisions. It had been many days since we had seen neither sun nor the stars. Wind and waves were battering us unmercifully, and we lost all hope of rescue. With our appetites, both food and life long gone, Paul took his place in the midst of the people, his friends, and said, friends, you really should have listened to me back in Crete. We could have avoided all this trouble and trial. But there is no need to dwell on that for now. From now on, things are looking up. I can assure you that there will not be a single drowning among us. Although, I can't say about this ship. The ship itself is doomed. Last night, take note from verse 23 to 26 now. Last night, God's angel stood by my side. An angel of this God that I serve. Saying unto me, don't give up, Paul. You are going to stand before Caesar. Yet, and anyone sailing with you is also going to make it. So, dear friends, take heart. I believe God will do exactly what he told me. But we are going to shipwreck on some island or the other. What I'm pulling out of this is that it is very important for you to be sure of what God has told you about your life. In the case of Paul here, God had told him that he was going to testify about him in Jerusalem. Despite all the storms, despite everything, he was telling all the people that were in that ship with him when they were facing the storm. He said, the angel of the Lord to whom I belong. Ask yourself today, to who do you belong? When the storms of life arise, can you say confidently that you belong to God? And because of that, in the midst of the storms, you can smile. The Bible made mention of a man by the name, the old Simon. This man, it had been told him that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. The Bible says, and he patiently waited in the temple, fasting and praying until he was old. In the book of Luke chapter 2, from verse 25 to 31, the Bible says that, and when they brought the baby Jesus to be named in the temple, immediately he saw Jesus. He knew that the promise of God at that point in time had been sealed. You can imagine for how long this man waited just because he was so sure of what God had said about him. Back to Psalm number 40, verse 7. That book that is written about you, have you found it? 
please go back. Go back to Psalm number 40, verse 7. And I want us to look at it together. That which is written in the volume of the book about you, have you found it? I pray that Lord will help us in Jesus' name. And as I conclude, it is suicidal for any mortal being to assume that he knows everything without seeking the masterpiece from God. It is a suicide. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10 to 13, he said, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He made mention of some things there that makes us to know that in this world, we are not living ordinary lives. There are some powers that we contend with. But at the end of it all, he gave us a clue. In Ephesians chapter 6, from verse 14 to verse 18, he said, Stand therefore, having your loins guard about with the truth, and having the breastplate of righteousness. He mentioned the gospel. He mentioned the shield of faith. He mentioned the helmet of salvation. He said, the word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit, and praying always in the Spirit. I hope someone has picked something from this message. God does not want us to live blind lives. There is a provision for divine insight that he has made. However, it is left for us to diligently search and to patiently wait upon his word until it becomes flesh. I want us to stand up. Colossians chapter 1 verse 26. The Bible says, The mystery which had been made from the past ages, the mysteries that had been hidden from the past ages and generations, but now had been manifested unto the saints. There is this song that says, Show me the other side of you. Take me to the highest height in you. Take me to the depths of knowing you, my God. Open my eyes, O oh Lord, and let me see beyond the veil of life. Brethren, my mother used to say something. My mother says, these physical eyes that we have, they are the eyes of don't step on the pebbles. You understand? Sorry, I will say it in Yoruba language. She says, which means there are some things that are beyond what we see with the physical eyes. I want you to take advantage of what God has done for us this month. And I want you to just pray only one prayer point. I want you to pray to God, Oh Lord, my Father, please reveal unto me the secrets of my life. Those things that I'm supposed to know in order for me to fulfill my divine portion. Lord, please open my eyes. Let me discover them. Go ahead and pray unto the Lord as I call pastor to pray for us. We hope you were blessed by that teaching. For further inquiries, please visit our website, www.rccgppp.org. You can also check us on Facebook and on YouTube at rccgpppsk, on Instagram and Twitter at rccgppp. If you are within the city of Regina, Canada, you can join us in person at 1771 Bond Street, S4N, 1X7 for a refreshing time in God's presence.